0: if you're looking for a tool that can help you streamline your blog and help support your team as you grow it, then SOPs are going to be that tool for you. SOPs stand for Standard Operating Procedures, and these help you to do things the same way each time. In today's episode, I'll share why those SOPs are super useful, whether you have a team or not, how to document them, and the top five SOPs to get started. Hey friend, I'm Madison Wetherill, a web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers and your host for the Vine podcast. This show is all about supporting you as a food blogger as you grow your business. I'll share tips for designing your business and your website with intention so that you can build a blog that fits into your life, not consumes it. You'll hear tips for connecting with your audience, growing your blog, and tips for managing and designing your website, all in short, easy to consume and actionable episodes. If you're ready to think differently about the strategies and tactics that you need to grow your food blog, you are in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Let's get started. Hey food bloggers, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm so excited that you're tuning in this week and as always, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, I hope that this episode will be helpful for you and will give you some actionable tips to help you grow and scale your food blog. Now if you are new around here, you may not be familiar with what we do on this show, so let me do a quick introduction. My name is Madison Weatherall, and I am the founder and CEO of Grace and Vine Studios. Over there, we focus on building custom brands and websites for food bloggers who are looking to take their business to the next level. Now, I am really excited to dig into this topic because... Over the last couple of weeks, we've really been focusing on topics related to one of our blog categories on the blog or our podcast categories, which is our blogger to CEO category. And if you didn't know, our website has this whole category of blogger to CEO podcasts where we discuss different topics related to growing and scaling your food blog. These are topics that will help you to think more like a CEO rather than, you know, quote unquote, just a food blogger. Things like time management, hiring and growing your team, Team, and then topics like this where we talk about ways to systematize your food blog and really create something that other people can help step into and help you to scale. Now this topic around Systems and even the phrase SOPs is one of the topics that has been on our most popular podcast for a while now. And so I was really excited to cover this a little bit more in depth and go a little bit more granular with this idea of SOPs in today's episode. But before I jump into the official body of this podcast, I have been trying to share a personal note in every episode because I want to kind of practice what I preach, which is that, you know, we all need to be connecting with our audience on a personal level and our audience needs to know kind of who's behind the blog and so I want you to be able to know who is behind the microphone more than just being you know the CEO of the business and the person who is teaching you I want you to know me as a real person as well and so I'm trying to share a little bit behind the scenes each week when I record so for today's personal note I have really been feeling like I am craving more rhythm and routine in our days now that we're out of the brand new newborn days with our baby. He is now three months old, which is still very much a newborn, but now that he is in a good routine with his nap schedule and just really knowing him and knowing what he's going to need throughout the day, I'm feeling like I can add more things in on a rhythmic basis or just on a routine basis. And so that's something that I've been just kind of thinking over. I'm not naturally inclined to be super routine oriented. I tend to be somebody who can plan something really well, like I can plan out an entire schedule or plan out an entire routine, but following it to a T is something that is a little bit more of a struggle to me. So I try to give myself a little bit of grace when I am going into a new season like this, because I don't want to over plan and then feel like I'm failing when I can't follow through with that plan. So that's something that has been just on my mind lately. And it's something that I'm trying to figure out, you know, what makes the most sense for this upcoming season, especially with the holidays coming up. It's not something that, you know, our schedules are just going to get a little bit crazy and out of whatever normal looks like to us so we'll see what that ends up looking like as we head into the new year. Speaking of the new year we are officially booking projects for the new year for 2023 so if you are tired of having a website that looks like everybody else's or a logo that you designed in Canva five years ago we would love to chat with you and see if we would be a good fit to work together. At Grace and Vine, we focus on strategic website design and branding that is designed to capture your ideal audience and convert those random page views into raving fans. We want to take the random audience that you're getting from Google and start to slowly carve a path for you to build that body of raving fans who are going to sign up for your email list and who are going to maybe buy products that you recommend and who are just going to cheer you on as you share new recipes so that you can really build that fan base who is all in on your brand and you're able to support those loyal readers with accomplishing whatever it is that your brand wants to accomplish and help people with. So again, if that is you and you are feeling like 2023 is the year to work on your brand or your website feel free to reach out we would love to chat with you you can always go over to graceandvinestudios.com to view our services and see how we work with clients and then schedule a free call just so we can chat and make sure it's a good fit We covered this topic of SOPs a while back, and the episode was called Systems and Standards Your Food Blog Needs, and I actually was interviewing our operations manager, Jillian Dalberry, in that episode, and it has been one of the most popular episodes, so I know this is a topic that you guys are interested in learning more about. So today, I'm actually bringing Jillian back on. I had her go ahead and record a little bit of just an introduction into what SOPs are. I said in the introduction that SOP stands for standard operating procedures, and these are a really important tool for you, whether you are a team of one or you have a team of five or you are just looking to streamline your business and start to take some of the overwhelm out of the day to day operations for you. So I'm going to go ahead and have Jillian's recording play for you guys where you will learn what an SOP is and why you need them
1: hey friends jillian here i'm the business manager for grace and vine studios and i wanted to pop in here to talk about sops sop stands for a standard operating procedure an sop is going to identify how to accomplish a specific set of tasks in your business it's basically a how-to document for you to hand someone on your team to accomplish that task or used as a tool in training someone on your team to take over these tasks. These are so important for bloggers because everyone who owns a business needs a standard operating procedure, even if you're a solopreneur. But one of the most valuable things that an SOP can provide you is the ability to outsource and offload these tasks to someone else. In addition to that, it provides clarity around these tasks and the purpose behind them. One of the greatest mistakes I see people making when they're building out standard operating procedures for their business is overcomplicating it. It doesn't have to be complicated. It's actually very simple. And I'm going to walk you through exactly what you need to do to document them. First, let's talk about where they need to go. You either want to start in your project management tool. We are partial to Asana at GV, but any of them work. Or you can start in Google Drive. Your SOP could live in a task if it's in your project management system and you can document everything there, or if it's a simple Google Doc, that works too. Once you've opened up that task or that document, let's give it a title. Maybe it's something like how to add a blog post or how to pin a pin on Pinterest Once you've written out the title, then I want you to document the purpose of it. The purpose of this SOP is fill in the blank. Next, I want you to list any resources that might be needed to accomplish this task. What access to programs is this person gonna need to accomplish this? Another way to think of it is what tabs need to be open to make this process go smoothly? These can be listed in bullet points or with direct links if that's helpful. Next, make sure that there is a date that it was created and a last date where it was updated. So you're gonna have a date for the day that you actually create the SOP and a date that indicates when it was last updated. Next is the good stuff. You're actually documenting the step-by-step process. This can be done in a couple of different ways. You can use Loom to record yourself as you're doing the work Or you can actually list these out in bullet point steps for someone to read the instructions. Now, if you're a solopreneur and you're documenting SOPs, I just want to take a minute to applaud you because this is really going to set you up for success in the future. If you're someone who is building SOPs and you have a team already, then I recommend you adding a couple more details to your SOP, such as the person responsible for accomplishing the tasks, and the support person to the person responsible. My word of advice here is don't allow yourself to get intimidated by this. The most important thing is that you just get started. The more you develop these SOPs, the more opportunity you will have to organize them and add additional details that are helpful. But if you're just getting started, give yourself permission to keep it simple. And just a reminder, there is no limitation on what qualifies needing an SOP. So often in our own businesses, we don't realize that we do things as second nature. And so we don't think that there needs to be an SOP for them. But the rule is you can never have too many SOPs. You can never be too prepared to hand off a task, a responsibility to someone else on your team. And that my friend is how you go from blogger to CEO.
0: I love how clear Jillian makes it to just understand what an SOP is and I knew that she was the right person to come and explain it to you guys because to be honest SOPs were not something that was a part of my business until I had Jillian on my team for probably almost a year but now it's just become a rhythm that our team has and as we do new tasks in the business we will go ahead and document them I want to highlight a couple more reasons why SOPs are important SOPs really help you to reduce the inconsistencies in the tasks that you're doing in your business. I've talked before in some of the time management episodes about how when you try to reinvent the wheel every single time you do a task you are probably not doing it the exact same way every time but you're also using a lot more brain power to try to figure out how you want to do something every time so an SOP can create that standard for you of the exact checklist that you need to follow when you do a task it also helps to set you up to be able to hire people in your business to help you do those tasks. And that's something that you can get started on and should get started on even before you are ready to hire somebody. There's definitely nothing more stressful than hiring a brand new person to take things off your plate and realizing that you have nothing to give them. And it's going to create all this work for you to be able to train them for them to be able to take things off your plate. So even if you start by doing one SOP in your business per month, eventually this is going to add up. And when you do go to make that first hire, you will have things that are already documented for them to learn and be able to start doing for you. So if you are a solopreneur, if you are the only person on your for your blog right now, do you need those SOPs? I think the answer is yes, for the reasons that I just stated. It is going to help you to reduce those inconsistencies, to use less brain power, and to be more efficient and effective with your time. But again, when you start to work on those SOPs now, you're going to have a library of them to hand to somebody who either needs to learn about your business or who you're ready to hand off certain tasks for them. So don't be intimidated by creating these SOPs If you are just a team of one, it's something that is really a lifelong journey of your business. You will continuously be able to add to this library of SOPs as you do more and as you get more used to creating these. So I would highly recommend starting with them now. What are five SOPs that you can get started with as a food blogger? Honestly, it was really hard for me to figure out kind of the first five. So if I say these ones and you're like, I don't know if that's the right one for me to start with, go with your gut and just start. But these are ones that I think are pieces of your business that could likely be outsourced or are just things that are really repeatable tasks that you do often in your food blogging business. And I think it would be really helpful to have the exact steps for those different things outlined. So the first one is how to export edited photos from whatever photo editing program you're using, whether that's Photoshop or Lightroom. I would include any export settings. So if you change the settings from the default or even if you use the default, be sure to document that and then also include instructions for how you want images named. This is something that is so easy to mess up and it is such an easy workflow to get into if you set this up correctly documenting that workflow and making it something that you can follow every time even if you don't rely on viewing the SOP every time you're exporting images documenting it once and referring to it a few times will help it to become muscle memory and you won't even have to review it every time but in the future if you ever have another photographer who works for you or you outsource that to somebody else you'll be able to have that ready for them The second thing is how to create pins for new blog posts on Canva. This is really important if you have certain Pinterest templates that you rely on or if you have a certain process for the different colors that you're going to use in a pin or what type of images you want to be used in that pin. Creating pins is one of the really easy things that you can outsource to a VA, especially when you have templates and this type of thing documented. The third SOP you can create is how to reply to comments on your blog. So this could be something as simple as how you want to greet your reader. Maybe you always want to say, hey, with an exclamation point after their name, or maybe you don't want to reply that way and you have another kind of formality that you want to use. Maybe you always want to have your team member sign their name and then So for example, if I was on your team and I wanted to say, you know, thanks so much for the comment reader, Madison, team Grace and Vine. This is something that we've done a little bit as we have had other teammates be in charge of responding to comments or even responding to emails. That signature and making sure that your reader understands that that person is part of your team, even if it's not your name, is something that is just important to articulate if that is important to you when you're having team members reply to messages or comments from your blog. The fourth one that you can work on is how to find a keyword for your blog post. This is going to be a pretty lengthy SOP, but there is so much power in taking those really big tasks and concepts and breaking them down into step by step. Even if it's just for yourself, this is something that is very technical or can be very technical and can be time consuming if you don't have a process for it. So finding keywords for your blog posts, if you can just document even the step by steps or which programs you use what search volume you're looking for or what competition range you're looking for all of those types of things can be really helpful and this can be an easy task for someone to do for you if you have all of that information documented the last one that you can start with is how to completely fill out a recipe card This is a really great one for, again, somebody else to be able to help you with and can be a really good tool for you. If you have somebody who can do this for you, you're able to just even take a picture of the recipe that you've written down and be able to send it to a VA to fill out that recipe card for you. Now, with each of these things, it may seem like these are such small pieces of your business, but over time, when you're able to give somebody these small pieces, it will help you to stay in your zone of genius. It will help you to stay in creative mode and not have to get bogged down with some of these technical or administrative types of tasks, which is going to give you more time to operate in that CEO spot of your business and just do the things that you love to do. So I hope this episode has convinced you that you need to start working on these SOPs in your business. I hope that you will take the time to create one of these, even if it's just one per week or one per month. If you have team members, one of the best things that you can do is to train them to create these SOPs on their own for the work that they're already doing. This works really well if you have people who are already established as team members and who have been doing certain things a certain way. And this can be great for if they need extra support in the future or even if something comes up and you need to step in and do their role for them, you are able to do their role in the exact same way that they do. And that is going to be really powerful for just efficiency and consistency in your business. This is also, again, great to have team members who are going to help you build that SOP library. So if you need to hire a second assistant to help you with things, maybe that first assistant is going to move into a different role in your business and you already have all of the training material you need to replace that person. Like Jillian said earlier in the episode, SOPs do not have to be complicated. This can be a really simple documentation of the things that you're already doing, and at the very least, even just creating those loom videos that have you walking through a task and talking out loud as you're taking steps to complete that task can be so powerful when you need to rely on that information in the future. So don't make this complicated, food bloggers. Just start documenting the things that you are doing on a weekly or monthly basis that are repeated tasks in your business. And just see how much lighter you feel knowing that that information is written down somewhere and is accessible to somebody else in the future. Hope this episode was helpful for you guys. I would love to hear your feedback on whether or not you like these types of episodes where we are talking about how to think more like a CEO in your food blog. I'm going to make sure we have the category page for the blogger to CEO podcast linked in the show notes. So you can take a look at some of the other topics that we've talked about related to that. And again, would love to hear if you guys enjoyed this episode and until next week, friends, I will talk to you soon.